Romans 12. The Apostle Paul opens this chapter with a peculiar charge. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul charges those at Rome to present themselves to God as a living sacrifice. Well, what is a living sacrifice? Those Jews and proselytes understood the Jewish sacrificial system of presenting an animal to the priest to be killed as a sacrifice to God. But a living sacrifice is a new concept. A living sacrifice is a life presented to God, offered to do His will, fulfilling His purposes. A life of continual service, not a one-time sacrifice. Paul adds that a life of continual service to God is your reasonable duty. A living sacrifice is a sacrifice of service, as the Lord Jesus Christ made the once-for-all sacrifice for sin on Calvary's cross. I have said from the very beginning that the intended audience of Romans was Jews and proselytes. But there is much truth in Romans as in every book of the Bible for us to learn. The previous verse is a good example. Even though a Jew would better understand as they were in a sacrificial system, we Gentiles can also see that we must surrender to God in service, seeking His will for our lives by walking in the Spirit. God has a plan for our lives, and we should seek Him daily. Just because a book of the Bible was not written directly to the church, the body of Christ, does not mean that we should ignore it. On the contrary, every book of the Bible has spiritual truth for us to glean. The entire Bible was written for us, but not to us. That's important to remember. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Conformity to the world places you at enmity with God. You become the enemy of God because the world and its distractions are under the immediate control of Satan. He is the God of this world, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians 4 4. If we conform to this present world, we come under the influence of the devil doing his will and not God's. But we are transformed from the philosophies of the world by the renewing of our mind. Well, that begs the question how can you renew your mind? You renew your mind by reading and studying the Word of God. Seek the truth in humility. As you seek God, through his word, the meaningless things of this world will fall away. You will begin to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. Breaking away from the things of this world is difficult. We live and work in this world. We have responsibilities in this world to family and friends. But notice that Paul speaks to the mind. You are to renew your mind. In other words, you are not to buy into the secular or global citizenship worldview. You are to develop a biblical worldview. See the world through the lens of Scripture, not humanism in its many forms. Any worldview or ideology with man at the apex is humanistic. A biblical worldview places Jesus Christ at the apex. 
In the previous video we read, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Romans 11.36 Verse 3 For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, accordingly as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. A trait of a true believer is humility. But what do we see in the church today? Prideful pastors and teachers, espousing their teaching with false humility, try to sell their latest video or book, continually asking for support for their ministry. Upon investigation, much of their support goes for big houses, cars, boats, and jets. They scam ignorant Christians while proclaiming their excessive lifestyle a blessing from God. And whose fault is that? Christians. They refuse to study the Word, preferring to have their ears tickled on Sunday by charlatans telling them how wonderful they are and that their new home and car are just over the horizon. The charlatans love to preach the sowing of the seed, but they are quite happy to consume your seed, letting you wait for the harvest. But it's always just around the corner. I don't know who is worse, the charlatan or the fools that follow them. Years ago, we were a casualty of a smooth-talking con man posing as a sincere Christian, so I know wherein I speak. So back to the text. We are to be humble, clear, and calm in our thinking, walking in the measure of faith the Lord has given us, continually renewing our mind by the washing of the water of the Word. Verses 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. If you are saved, then you are a member of the body of Christ. There's one body but many members. But not all members have the same duties and responsibilities. We each have our place in the body of Christ to do the will of God as the Holy Spirit leads us. I attend a small church, but we have a staff of people, both paid and volunteers, that maintain the church and its activities. We all have a part to perform, as no one in the body of Christ is unnecessary. Look at your own body, many parts, all working together for you to live from day to day. Verses 6 through 8. Having then gifts differing, according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teaches, on teaching, or he that exhorteth, on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth, with diligence, he that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. Paul gives a list of diverse tasks performed by the members of the body of Christ. These gifts will generally match our talents and experiences. Let's review them. Prophecy, the preaching, interpretation, and exhortation of Scripture. Ministry, ministry of the gospel, spiritual leader of an assembly. Teacher, teaching and interpreting the word of God. Exhorter, to excite, animate, strengthen, inspire, or encourage. Giver, one who imparts or distributes as needed. Ruler, 
one having governance in the assembly. In the remainder of chapter 12, Paul reminds believers how a true believer should think and act. Verses 9 and 10. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Love without dissimulation means a false appearance or a feigned or false pretense. Hypocrisy. The expression of our love towards the brethren must be pure, without pretense or hypocrisy. Abhor evil. Abhor is a very strong word. It means extreme hatred or contempt, to loathe, to detest or hold abominable. That is how we are to view evil. We are to cleave to that which is good, meaning to stick or to adhere or to hold to. Love the brethren and be kind to each other, willing to help if able when the situation presents itself. Verse 11 and 12. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. The believer must not be lazy, idle, or wasteful in their work. Honesty, integrity, and efficiency should be the model for our Christian businesses. Our service to the Lord should be the same. We should be fervent, earnest, excited, animated, and glowing in our service to the Lord. Let us rejoice in the hope of being in the presence of the Lord one day. But while we are here on earth, show patience when trials and tribulations come. Let us continue in prayer, whether in rejoicing or tribulation. Have an attitude of prayer always. Verses 13 and 14. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Believers should be hospitable, kind and generous, willing to help others as our situation dictates. When we are persecuted, harassed, or intimidated by others, we must pray for them and bless them if possible. Do not return a curse for a curse. Have some pity and compassion on them. Verse 15 and 16. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. We are to be all things to all people, if possible. Rejoice with the joyful and weep with the sorrowful. Try to identify with others in their situation and be of help. Don't be self-centered, thinking it's all about you. It's not. It's all about Jesus and what he can do and wants to do in the lives of others that you come in contact with. Verse 17 and 18. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Do not repay evil for evil. It might be best at times just to do nothing. Forgive and get on with your life. Be honest always, and be at peace with those around you. Verse 19 through 21. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, 
thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. We are not to take vengeance. Give that to God, for he will repay. Don't let wrath get a grip on your life, for that's God's responsibility. God knows the entire truth of a matter, so his justice will be perfect and proper. Treating your enemy with respect is a difficult one. Why empower your enemy to continue coming against you? Perhaps my enemy can be changed by my doing good. Yep, that's what God says. Overcome evil with good. That's a difficult one. Takes a lot of patience and strength to do that. And I must admit, at times I don't have it just like you. But anyways, well, those are God's words. And that's what we need to strive for. So thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this video podcast, then please subscribe. Also, please visit my website, breadoflife.media, for more resources. See you next time. God bless.